It's time for Movie Mastery in Theaters Now. We are your hosts, Jeff and John. I am John. Over there is Jeff. Hello. And we watch the movies you go send us to see this month's winner was Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. God damn it. Folks, we've talked to you before about this. We don't want to watch any Johnny Depp movies. We just don't want to, and I yet just, we keep having to go see him. Yeah, it's uh, it's a problem. Well, it's not a problem. He's the problem. He, he's a problem. I he's li- a problem. I wasn't a huge fan of him before this, uh, the whole unfortunate situation. Yeah. But, uh, boy, is he ever hard to look at now. <sighs> it's a real shame that he did the character of Jack Sparrow and then never stopped. That's true. Once he was Jack Sparrow, it was done. It was really weird seeing Tonto wander around all drunk and ask about rum a bunch of times in that Lone Ranger movie. Uh, that's a good joke. No one saw that movie. <laughs> that movie doesn't exist. What a crazy joke you told. Oh, what, what a silly joke you've who, presented me Who with. even is Army Hammer? No oh, one. I'm sorry. Yes, and that was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I kind of hope that the Army Hammer curse continues and takes out the Shazam movie with it. <laughs> Uh, Have you seen the previews for that Shazam movie? Obviously, I've seen the previews for Shazam. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure how I'm feeling about it. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm, I'm cautiously hopeful. Basically, I feel the same way about Shazam that I originally did about Wonder Woman, and mm. that I was like, there's definitely a lot of room where this could get real fucked up and bad, but I'm cautiously optimistic. All right, that's fair enough. Yeah. I actually am that right now about the Aquaman movie, which is weird because I have that 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 new trailer came out for it recently, and it has been nothing but hate from the internet. They're like, oh, it's, it's garbage. It's because well, people are like, oh, it's too colorful. Uh, this is the difference from our usual complaints about superhero movies. No, I don't have that complaint. I just think it's going to be kind of bad. I mean, sure, but it's going to be a big thing. That's that's kind of what I'm excited about is a big stupid thing. I know you love that. So we saw The Crimes of Grindelwald. Don't don't make me do that. And let me tell you, the crimes are many and varied. (laughs) The Crimes of Grindelwald against Amber Heard. (laughs) So uh, the the movie, fucking God, we're not getting into the spoilers yet, but I'm going to tell you right now, you may have seen online that this is not getting very good critical praise. It's a bad movie. Like it's it's more like a, a it's such a placeholder that it hurts is basically what it is. Well, the problem is they said that like oh we're gonna have fucking five of these movies yeah and you're like oh man you have no idea what the fuck you're doing and everything is scattershot and terrible and I you know spoiler free review is even if you liked the first movie. I doubt you'll like this because all of the things that made the first movie at least somewhat charming are so sidelined in this movie that you're just like, what? how is this even a sequel? You may as well have just started a new series of movies and just call it like The Great War of Dumbledore or some shit. And <laughs> I would rather see that. I mean, so much of this movie is hand-waved that it's it's incredible. Yeah, there's... There's a lot of problems with this movie as far as editing, pacing, mm-hmm. the actual questions, breakdown of plot. Yeah, questions raised by actions of the characters in the film. Uh, questions about the title. What, what The Crimes of Grindelwald is an interesting title for this movie. 
Yeah, it. There's a lot of things going on in this movie that I'm just like, why? You, I think there was one thing I saw online that said this might have been okay if it had actually been a novel and we could have delved into mm-hmm. some of the side characters and gotten motivations for things, but the movie just runs past everything. It's like, here's the thing that happened, and here's the thing that happens, and here's the thing that happens. You're like, okay. And if you're curious about what those things that happened are, we'll be sure to tell you right after the break. That's right. We are going to do a little bit of a little sweet music just in case you were listening to this. A little and you, sweet chin music? Yeah, we're going to have... <laughs> We're going to have a little sweet chin music. Fucking Shawn Michaels is going to come out and kick you in the chin. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. Wait a minute. I hate that. <laughs> Can't I just get a DDT or something? <laughs> <laughs> Flying uh, lariat. Yeah. Can I get some lemonade and DDT mixed together? <laughs> I'm really worried that my eggshells are going to be too thick. <laughs> so... We are going to be right back with the full spoiler review of Fantastic Beasts and where the to Crimes find them. of Grimblewald. We have returned. It's time to really dig into the guts of the crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, let's talk about the hot meats at the core of this thing, this roadkill. What got squirted out over the uh, the, the merge signet sign from this dead raccoon of a film? A lot of Johnny Depp. Yeah. Like, more than I imagined was going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, the first crime of this movie is... All of the main characters have been sidelined to basically non-existence or effect on the plot. Well, I feel like that was pretty much the problem with Newt's commander from the first film anyway, was that he was barely in it. And when he was, all he was was just like this un- impossibly competent, boring character with no motivation. who's just like, See, I have I, an animal that'll solve that problem. Mm. I disagree. Yeah. I, I liked the first one. I think he at least had stuff to do. Yeah. And he has stuff to do here, too, but it's boring. It's, well, the thing is, he doesn't have anything to do here. He bumbles around, and it has no bearing to the plot. I mean, he has a fantastic sequence where he's a magic detective. Yeah, but it, again, has zero bearing on the actual plot of the movie. It's true, because he's looking for someone that he never finds, and instead he just ends up somewhere else and does a different part of the story. Yeah. Uh, so the the thing that I have is, if from the first one you really liked the core concept of it being... Here's a, like, a nice, friendly wizard who loves animals, and instead of solving things with a wand, tends to solve them with actual beasts. Mm -hmm. That being, you know, the first part of this, Fantastic Beasts, that is out the window. Yeah, he keeps two of the, the beasts from the first movie and introduces a new one. Well, the thing is, I think in the actual plot of it, because we do see a couple other Mm -hmm. briefly in his, like, case, but... We get two. Two have any real business in this movie. Yeah, I think there's three that actually affect the plot in any way. It's just the Niffler and the Cat Dragon. The Niffler, the Zoud, or whatever the Cat Dragon's full name is, and then the Mandragora shows up to to pick a lock at one point. Yeah, but that's not really like, oh boy, what a a lot of business for this guy. My problem with that scene when they get locked up in a little jail, and, and then they use those little plant dude to unlock the jail is, 
They're, everyone who's locked in that jail is a wizard, and wizard magic in this in this movie is just do whatever-itis. Yeah, but the, you have to have a wand for it, and uh, their wands aren't They there. don't need to have wands for shit. Oh, they do. Half they the just characters no longer just wave have, their hands around. No, now they just don't have to talk, which is the second crime I'm going to bring up is... I've read that that's actually a, an important thing, that that's because the wizards of the... Like, that's kid stuff, needing you to point your wand or, and say shit. It's... Really not, because even the first movie still had people doing that. I, I know, and I've never understood it, and it's just, the inconsistencies of magic are, are one of the biggest problems I have with, with the Harry Potter movies in general, but that's because I'm a pedantic, nitpicky nerd. And I mean, even in this one, this movie motherfucking loves the Avada Kedavra spell. Mm -hmm. No one will ever say those words. No, they just... The, all, just point and green light happens and someone's dead. Yeah, it's just green light gun wands. It, it's a whole bunch of... I, I don't know. I've always had problems with the Harry Potter magic. Kind of, it feels like wizards just are better than normal people because there's nothing that they don't like. They have the internet, no problem. Not here, of course, because it's the 1930s. But they have everything we do, plus a bunch of bullshit magic for everything. <laughs> like, there's no payment to it. I've always felt like there should be something you're giving up to be a cool wizard, and there, that's never been the case. But the I other mean, thing, at least in the Harry Potter verse, when you look at it, it does seem very, at least at Hogwarts, like very backwards like a train is the highest level of technology you see that's the other thing that bothered me it seems like literally nothing has happened in the world of magic in this in the 60 years between this movie and the harry potter movies i mean honestly it's got that prequelitis where i'm like man the shit that's happening in the 1920s in the magic world looks higher tech than what i saw from the like 1990s of the magic world yeah which i, I think they're supposed to explain away by saying that dumbledore and uh grindelwald are unique talents they're just like no, the I'm badasses of their day. The actual tech that we see. Oh, yeah. Like the Ministry of Magic looks way higher tech in the 1920s than it does in the 1990s. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Grindelwald fucks shit up real good and we're, and we're going to see the aftermath of that and that's why things are so bad in the 1990s. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We got three more movies to slog through, apparently. Ugh. Anyway, we open in the American Ministry of Magic's prison. Yeah, and oh boy, Johnny Depp is in there looking... Like someone caked some dumb makeup on him. Mm -hmm, and gave him a goofball eye. I I'm amazed he doesn't have a hat in this movie or a bunch of scarfs. <laughs> no, he's allowed, I think, uh, only so many pieces of flair. Yeah. And so he went with skin color, eye, and hair. Mm-hmm. And those were his pieces of flair for this. Yeah, because his hair in this movie is basically Penguin's hair from Gotham. He's He's got... He's got the updo. He, he is just... He's frosted the whole hair instead of the tips, but it is all up. It is, uh, yeah. He literally he looks like a Gotham villain, more or less. He's got he's got one thing done with it with a contact in his eye because that's nice and cheap, and he's got an updo because that's super popular in the thirties. There you go. Mm -hmm. Of course, at the beginning of the movie, when we first see him, he's got you know the hair that Sean Connery had in The Rock because he's been in prison for I don't know six months. Yeah, and yet his hair grows insanely long. The we <laughs> see him. When he first gets captured in the first movie, and he looks, you know, he's got the updo. He looks just, you know, sort of like Johnny Depp normally does in this movie. Mm -hmm. And then apparently, after being in prison for six months, ooh boy, his hair has grown out to be, like, shoulder length. Maybe uh, that's just something they do to prisoners in the magic world to make it more, you know... <laughs> he was unruly, so he grew his hair out. No, it's something the prison guards do to you, like, to, to kind of c keep with the whole magic aesthetic. Like, a prison guard walks through, and he's like, Beardio Magnificus, and, and then you have a long beard, and you're like, oh, there you go. Except in this movie, where he just points a wand, and your beard grows. Yeah, uh, yeah, it doesn't say the thing. God, <laughs> I, I am so pissed at that. I mean, fucking 
straight up Voldemort, one of the most powerful wizards around, still had to say Avada Kedavra. Mm-hmm. Or and did he want to say Avada Kedavra? I think he had to. And did he even graduate from high school? <laughs> like, I, don't, I genuinely don't remember. Did, did Tom Riddle graduate from Hogwarts or yeah, did he run away he, at some point? he graduated with honors. Oh, did he? Okay. I genuinely did not remember that part of the books. I thought he might have gone evil in, in Hogwarts and ran away in the middle of it. No, he basically started making up his army in Hogwarts. Okay. Uh, okay, well, anyway, it it turns out that even though Johnny Depp in prison, I'm sorry, what, Grindelwald in prison, has had his tongue magically removed? Yeah, they've removed his tongue because he's so persuasive. Oh, he's so persuasive. And by the way, that's the theme of this movie, by the way. Uh, Grindelwald is fascism. He is the rise of, of wizard fascism. Yep. Which, man, I really don't need that right now. <laughs> I get enough of that shit at home. Yeah, man, I don't I don't need a Rise of Fascism movie where like the main characters he's supposed to be so persuasive, but like main characters will just sort of follow him mm-hmm. because like oh, it's one sort of, the, of a fiat thing. One of the arcs in this movie of someone choosing to follow him is the most garbage Oh, I can't wait to talk about it. But anyway, of course, even without his tongue, he's managed to seduce one of the prison guards again. So somehow he is body switched with that prison guard. Well, yeah, what happened is, I assume before they removed his tongue, he had convinced one of the guards to basically po- like polymorph himself into Grindelwald and then take his place while Grindelwald was taking the place of the guard. Yeah. Uh, we. I don't know if this is some poly juice or if it's a spell because it seems to just i always end. Want, with shit like polyjuice potion i always wonder if there isn't just a spell that also does that if polyjuice potion isn't just a stored version of the spell that does the same thing it, it's it's so weird the things that are spells and the things that are potions in the in the in the universe yeah it's almost I mean, like it, it wasn't planned out as a big complicated rpg setting from the very beginning <laughs> well the problem i have is when you first hear about it you think oh potions should probably be like the powerful effects Mm because it actually takes like time and energy and ingredients and whatnot and spells are things you can just sort of do that are like knee-jerk reaction things you can knock something around or you can blast something or whatever yeah but then it has like oh what is this oh i did a spell and i repaired all of new york and you're like okay yeah all right yeah but i don't even know what potions we know about besides polyjuice there's the one that makes people fall in love there's love potions there's the luck potion yeah that's right Okay. there's uh potions that give you gills oh that's right yeah yeah okay so there's a few yeah there's a few potions out there uh all right but anyway the prison transfer is going to be that these wizards are going to load him into a, a old-fashioned 18th century like magic carriage carriage pulled by skeletal demon horses. Oh yeah, those uh whatever they were from what I was going to say kestrels. Oh okay, I don't know anything about Harry Potter mythology. Hey. But anyway, there's like six, so they have to transport him uh, transport him to London to to serve t- or to be held on put on trial. Yes. Uh and so he gets loaded into this chariot thing and then he plots a daring but actually kind of stupid body switch escape where it's just like I was never that guy. I was this other guy who's also here. The weird thing to me is he had this whole body swap thing to go on. Mm-hmm. And instead of letting them take this prisoner that isn't him and then he just leaves and goes somewhere. He has to then attack the carriage yeah, and fuck with everyone. Yeah. 
It, 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 this is the thing. He's such a powerful wizard that even though he's in a, a chariot for, or carriage full of other wizards, like he just immediately, no, no one else even casts a spell. Oh, no. There's a carriage with three of the ministry people, and it is being trailed by like six other guards on brooms, mm-hmm. and nobody manages to even get a spell off that he has to deflect. Yeah. Like he just clowns on them while they go. Like, here's my question. Why are they even doing this? Why why aren't they just like, because they had him completely paralyzed with some kind of complete paralyze, paralyzation spell. And we've seen port keys that can take people all over the world. Why don't they just fucking port key him back to London? And instead, we got to do an over, over the ocean chariot ride or carriage ride. Why are we doing this? Yeah, especially when the ministry throughout this knows that Grindelwald has a shitload of followers mm-hmm. and people that are like his minions. And you're like... Oh, what's the worst way we could do this? I know, a long trip where anyone could attack us from out of the blue. Mm-hmm. The problem these movies consistently generate is in an attempt to make us feel wonder at watching wizards do their work, it it only results in the wizards either looking lazy or stupid. Pretty much. Uh, nine times out of ten, it just makes them look lazy, because they'll be like, oh, I'm, I I used magic to make it so that my cocoa is stirring itself. And you're like, that's a fucking waste of time. Use your arm. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, just stir it. Just stop stop with that. And then the other times it just makes them look dumb because they're they're not using a spell that very clearly exists in the world and they really should be using it right now. Yeah, and it's not like the portkey thing is a recent invention in Harry Potter because in this movie we are going to have someone use a portkey. Yeah, it's... It's just weird. But anyway, uh, he, he escapes. He fills the carriage with water. He burns everyone's wands. There's a lizard that's there that's like some sort of evil familiar that he's a fan of. But then he gets his hands on it and just goes, eh, and throws it out the out the carriage. Oh, yeah. That's going to show how evil Johnny Depp is, is there's some lizard that loves him and he throws it out of carriage, except this lizard got introduced five minutes ago. We know nothing about it. And then he got rid of it. And we're like, okay. Yeah. And then he rides off into the night with the only survivors being his henchman who was polyjuiced into him and like the president of British. He's the prime minister of British magic. Yeah. Who, he managed to let him survive, essentially. Yeah. Like he threw him off the carriage and let his wand follow after him. Yeah. And then he manages to save his own life at the very end by like solidifying air so he doesn't land in the water. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he survives. And then off into the night does Grindelwald sail. And then we cut to... Newt's commander. Hang- oh, I'm sorry. He's he's in the British Ministry of Magic because he has been barred from international travel after the New York incident of the first movie. Which seems weird, but okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the British would bar him. It seems like the Americans would. <sighs> yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I think they're blaming him for New York blowing up, which is weird given that he's the one who stopped New York from getting even more blown up. But whatever, fuck it. Yeah, so he's in trouble. Uh, and that's mostly just an excuse to introduce us to a few new characters. Uh, Lita Lestrange, uh, who comes around the corner and is like, ah, hello, person I dated in high school. Not even that. It's person who I knew in high school. Yeah, they're, fr- they're friends in high school. And Lita Lestrange exists in this movie to basically just be... Uh, sort of a love triangle thing, but she has no business here. Like, we get, just from camera work, we know Lita Lestrange is hot for Newt's commander. Oh my god, the scene between the two of them talking is the grossest back and forth of ultra close-ups I have ever seen. 
Yeah, I had an I, I had a headache at the end of it because I was I was busy looking down Newt's commander's nose pores. It's it's a it's a camera thing where they're like, oh, we're gonna show that these two will have this intense attraction because the camera work is going look they don't see anything but each other we're gonna focus in on the two of them and i go yeah i get that if you do it for a couple shots and you go "Ooh, there's something there but they just kept doing it for like an entire conversation Mm -hmm. and i'm like you can stop now everyone who understands what that camera trick means has got it and anyone who doesn't is just having a headache and people like me are mostly in this movie to look at the pretty architecture that you've had to build for these fake magic buildings so all these pan-ins where there's nothing but a little bit of green blur behind their 18 foot across head is is wasted on me yeah so we also find out that lita is engaged to newt's brother theseus theseus commander a uh, a fairly high-ranking auror in the current British Ministry of Magic's Defense uh, Division, which is run exactly like the Untouchables. Yeah. Like, they're all wearing the same suits. They they use the same orders. They It's literally, it's just, it, he looks like he's the Elliot Ness of this movie. And there's going to be, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here for the two of these characters. Both Lita and Theseus have a very confusing arc in this, in that, the movie kind of wants it to do one thing, but it's so scattershot and spends no time with anyone that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And that is, we're supposed to kind of have this thing where like, oh, Lita's into Newt, but she's marrying Theseus, and uh, there's supposed to be tension between Newt and Theseus, but there isn't. Theseus is just throughout the entire movie shown to be a good person, mm-hmm. and it's... <sighs> And Lita is perfectly capable of being professional around Newt, and Newt remains the weird kind of off-putting uh, dude that he was in the previous movie, where where he's a little disaffected. So if he's supposed to be like, "Oh, Lita, Lita Lestrange gives me confusing emotions," it do- he she doesn't, and he doesn't show it. No, and the thing is, I don't think he at all thinks of Lita like that. Yeah, because he's only got eyes for Tina, mm-hmm. who, Jesus Christ. We're going to have to spend a shitload of time before she shows up, because if you wanted a movie that followed the main characters from the first one, too bad. I didn't. I didn't really like Tina very much, so so this isn't... this isn't a, I didn't like Nude either, so that, honestly, this is kind of an improvement for me. The problem is, what it replaces these characters with is a little tiny bit of Dumbledore and, and entirely too much Johnny Depp, so... Yeah, a shitload of Johnny Depp and a shitload of side characters that get no business. So why is Lita a Lestrange? Is it just to draw attention to, you know, oh, Helena Bottom Carter's character, huh? These people. Well, this movie is real big on, no, everyone has to be something you've heard of. Yeah. So here's the funny thing. The the whole story between Lita and her whole Lestrange arc in this movie is she thinks that she's the last scion of the Lestrange family. Um, She's not, as it turns out. There's another one wandering around the movie. But then also, there's Bellatrix, you know, 60 years later, which I guess means that this dude who is pure-blood Nigerian uh, bones down to the point where, where his kids look like Helena Bonham Carter in two generations. That guy's not a Lestrange. I thought he was an adopted Lestrange. No. What's his name, then? Uh, he was whatever the uh, Senegal oh, okay. wizard well, was. Okay, well, then she's still... And Lestrange basically... Uh, oh, she killed mind, her own brother. That's right. Yeah, mind fucked and raped. Yeah. this guy's mom. Right, that's right. So, what we the whole story with Lita then is that she is the last surviving scion of the Lestrange household. 
And yet there's a Bellatrix Lestrange. Not really. That's not what I got at all out of this movie. It wasn't that she was the last surviving scion. Yeah, I thought that was her whole connection with that other guy. She was like, I understand what you're going through. I am also the last person because I accidentally killed my brother. Spoiler alert. No, I think it was just... Uh, I, everyone thinks you're my brother, but no, I have to now confess that I killed him. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, anyway, uh, we, uh, we cut to Newt, who was, who was, uh, about to appeal to have his ban on international travel lifted. And the council, all they want from him is, hey, we'll let you travel internationally if you become an Auror and work for us. Yeah, and join the ministry. And obviously, why wouldn't they want him to? He knows every single spell there's ever been. He's the best wizard there is. And when You wiz- keep saying that, and I don't know where you're getting He's a from. really good wizard. Let's just leave it at that. He's a really good wizard. Is that fair? He's fine. He's a regular wizard. No, he actually casts spells sometimes. Most of them fucking never do. Most of them are just like, ooh, a circus. Oh, I'm a wizard, which means I get to drink drinks that fight me. <laughs> The vast majority of wizards in these movies never cast one fucking spell. Well, we don't unless it's, follow unless it's, the vast majority uh, of wizards. Unless it's beam shoot. Uh, but, it, but he also, whenever wizardry isn't enough, has a big ba- box full of every kind of magical goofball animal he could ever need for any situation. So, of course you want him on your team. He is completely unstoppable and never in any danger. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you've decided that Newt's Commander is somehow this super wizard. I mean, okay. there's no evidence. Well, okay, it. let's take the plot arc of that big Chinese dragon cat thing in this movie. He, he, That's an animal that he knows about. Uh, okay, but again, all I'm saying is he trains that thing in like eight minutes of screen time to be his perfect mount. Yeah. That's what he does. He's not an amazing wizard. He's amazing with animals. He's, That's his point. He's both. He's, no. he's both. I'm putting it out there. He's both. <sighs> anyway, I, I'm not really worried about this. They want him to be an Auror. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't want to. And he is... Theseus is like, hey, man, uh, b- before we go in here, let me have a quick word with you. Don't say that you just want to do international travel so you can find animals. And he's like, but I do want to do international but travel. But that's the only reason I want to internationally travel. Yeah. And they're like, okay, sir, why would you like to travel internationally? Because I like to see other nations and catch animals there. <laughs> Ugh, that's the wrong answer. Well, jo- here's the thing that drives me nuts about this scene. Uh, they're trying to talk him into being an Auror, and then from some back window, a dude comes walking in, he's like, ah, you're a dumb failure, this commander, and you'll never take this job because you're a real piece of shit. And, and it's sc- me! I'm the guy taking this job. Yeah, and then commander's like, oh, I'm not interested in this, I will leave. And it's like, that's not how job interviews work, where the next job interview is allowed to come in and just shut you down. <laughs> it was already in there and watching from yeah. the, like, shadows. What is, th- what is that? What's happening exactly? And it, it's like the room, he's hanging out in some hallway behind a curtain, like, so we can come in and bust on the job interview at the right moment? Yeah. What a weird setup. Is that a thing that magic users do, I guess? I don't know. It's so stupid. Well, I think he's already in Auror, so the other guy was like, oh, I'm already, like, on the short list of people that are going to do this. Yeah, the mission that he they want him to do. Which is to go find uh, Credence. From the first movie. The first movie, mm-hmm. Ezra Miller. Yeah, go find The Flash. Go find The Flash. Barry Allen. The Flash. Yeah, go find the Flash. Uh, but go find Grant Gustin. <laughs> he's much easier to find. He's way easier to find than Ezra Miller. Yeah, because he's just working all the time. Ezra yeah. Miller's usually in a big pansexual orgy, orgy pile somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Ezra Miller's got photo shoots to do. Yeah, yeah, Ezra Miller is currently dressed up as a giant mountain of garbage bags. <laughs> did you see that photo shoot? Of course okay. I did. He That's why like, I'm referencing okay, it. Okay, can we say that he looks like Volcor in that photo shoot? And I'm not crazy. Volcor? Yeah, the monster at the top of t- the ta- uh, the uh, mountain and volcano or uh, Fireball Island. No? Yeah? 
No, little, he doesn't look like a, a Scotty dog. A little bit? No. Because he's a big black pillar? No. Oh, I guess it's just me then. It's just you. Does he look like Missy Elliott in the I Can't Stand the Rain video? <laughs> yeah, obviously. Okay, there we go. That's that, that's something we can agree on then. We're eye to eye on that. <laughs> <laughs> does, he, does he look like Powerline and eye to eye? <laughs> oh, uh, no? Because <laughs> he's wearing a yellow jumpsuit? Yeah. <laughs> so... But yeah, imagine if that was a real life job interview and they're like, all right, John, uh, what would you say your biggest weakness is? And I'm like, uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, his biggest weakness is his fat fucking face. Hi, oh, I'm next in line. Oh, Dills. <laughs> what up? It's me next in line. This guy's a dick bug. Let me tell you my job. number one strength. It's giving this piece of shit wedgies. <laughs> so anyway, they, uh, they're like, all right, fine. So no travel for you. Get the fuck out. I guess we're going to use this dumbass. Yeah, he's he's like a mean or like yeah. he's a mean corrupt or he's a mean Gene Okerlund with a bowler hat. Yeah, you can tell he's a bad guy because when he shows up, he's in the shadows and he looks like a bad guy. He basically looks like that secondary bad guy from the Titanic movie. He's every secondary bad guy, which is. What are you? I'm slightly older. I've got a bowler hat, and I look menacing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Great. I'm going to go shake down the location of the rocket from that one guy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, you know, uh, he leaves, does Newt, and his brother runs out and gives him a hug or whatever. But and it's uh, like, ooh, they're watching you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ooh, you got to be careful. Don't, don't fuck up. Yeah. Private eyes. They're watching you. <laughs> they're watching your every move. Now I kind of get lost. I don't remember what happens next. So, it's just some shit. So Newt leaves, and he gets a lovely visit from Dumbledore. That's right, Dumbledore, who, again, in one of those great actions of uh, wizard laziness, doesn't go over to find uh, Newt and get him, but instead sends a floating glove to summon him over. Yeah, which, hey, if you don't want to be seen talking to someone, sending a glove to get a guy is fine. Yeah, well, fair enough. But uh, Dumbledore's hanging out on the roof of some important British building. Yeah. And uh, uh, in, in another thing that's a really big deal in this movie, uh, no one goes anywhere without teleporting there. You get a lot of that teleport effect. You get you get a lot of that, uh, whatever that is called. Uh, the uh, Porta pottying? No. There's port keys, but then there's just uh, something. Something uh, with an A. Abercrombie and Fitching? Yeah, they start Abercrombieing real hard. Yeah. Okay. They Abercrombie your toilet up real bad. <laughs> then they Abercrombied out the window going like, bro, I drank too much last night. That uh, sucks. Anyway, uh, they stand on this roof. Uh, Dumbledore, with a snap of his fingers, causes the entire city of London to fill with fog so they can have a private conversation. Yeah, Dumbledore is crazy powerful. Yes, he is. Uh, they, they they call him, in this movie, they call him the most powerful wizard in a generation. Yeah. Uh, like the, the current shining star, the best wizard there is. Yeah. Um, okay, so the two of them have a little conversation. Dumbledore wants uh, Newt to go to France because that's where Credence is in a circus. Yeah. Uh, and Newt's like, I can't. I have a travel ban. And Dumbledore's like, yeah, yeah, I do don't, you? I don't think you care about that, Credence. Oh, Credence. Uh, and he's like, okay, so you have to go find Credence. Also, you're probably going to have to fight, you know, Grindelwald, who's also there. So I need you to fight Grindelwald for me. And he's like, I don't want to fight Grindelwald. You fight Grindelwald. Like, and, I can't. And thus begins the least gay gay thing that's ever not gayed. There is the very slightest reference to them being gay for each other mm -hmm. and it's <laughs> it really is that whole thing where i'm like god damn it 
Rowling, if you want credit for this, actually pull the fucking trigger and do it. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're just trying to get liberal credit and getting nothing. And you know what? This movie's not doing that well anyway. This might have been the one where you could have thrown caution to the wind. It wouldn't have changed the ticket prices that bad. Yeah. But instead, he's like, I can't fight Grindelwald. There, I have a reason. Yeah. It turns out the reason is a literal physical reason and not just because he's got the lovey eyes. Yeah. No. We get, I would say, two scenes where there is any sort of reference made to them being together. And they do everything in their power to hide it. Yeah. Like, like the fact there's a scene where, I mean, spoiler alert for earlier, later in the movie, but there's a scene where Dumbledore looks into the famous mirror of Eris, Ezered or whatever it is, Erised, and it's Grindelwald in there looking, and young Grindelwald too, which, good lord, do they ever find a guy with some cheekbones for young Grindelwald? But like, they, they do that, and it's there basically to show that they do a blood pact, and that's why he can't fight. Yeah, they literally have a blood pact. That neither one of them can fight the other one, so that's why they're both using proxies. Yeah, but you know what you, know what you don't see in, during the mirror of Erised scene is the word Erised. They don't show you the top of the mirror. I We had this conversation before. Literally everyone knows it's the mirror of Erised. Like, that's not hiding anything. Mm. I think it's one le- one more little motion towards don't tell them, tell them they're... I mean, the... the, the uh, the multitude of evidence is on my side here. If they could have made Grindelwald a woman for the young scenes, they would have done it. <laughs> Anything to avoid saying the word gay in this movie. Or Which even the don't. word love. And they also don't. Yeah. There's the other scene happens later where someone's like, oh, you two were close as brothers. And he was like, oh, closer than that. Closer than brothers. But, but you know, more like, like sisters. They're closer than brothers. Oh, closer than brothers. Like father and son. Mm, yes. You might say I was his daddy. <laughs> <laughs> their fear of just letting these characters be gay is palpable yeah there is just everything in their power to not come out and say that mm-hmm. so i mean they go so far as everyone in this movie has to be hetero even dumbledore that they have to add a do nothing love interest for uh for ezra miller's character yep like she's just there to be like see girls like this guy even though ezra miller in real life kind of kind of what he, whatever he wants it, but, but no, but in this movie, has to like a lady. In this movie, he likes vaginas. <laughs> vaginas. <laughs> he likes seven vaginas. <laughs> Maybe more. <laughs> uh, okay, so so yeah, uh, he he talks with Dumbledore and kind of reluctantly agrees to deal with the whole situation. Yeah, and we get some Grindelwald business. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this before we get too far into the review as well. We are going to probably fuck up the order of things mm-hmm. because this movie, as I said from the beginning, is very scattershot. It's just stuff happens. The yeah, movie. it's like at this point we jump to like Grindelwald in Paris, mm-hmm. which is a great song, by the way. Grindelwald in Paris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> An American Grindelwald in Paris is one of my favorite movies as well. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so, so anyway. <laughs> Grindelwald is there and his henchmen go into some wizard's house, murder the people that live there, and he's like, ah, oh, yes, good. This house will do for what I need. Mm-hmm. And just to show that he's really a bad guy, there's a like little kid that's in there, and he has his henchmen kill the kid. Yeah. So a little boy dies. And this is another one of those things where everyone of Kedavra is all over the place and no one says it. Mm-hmm. And also... There is a, a lady henchman that is basically his right-hand woman, and I don't know that we ever get her name. Oh, it's Bellatrix Lenormal. <laughs> <laughs> 
This movie really wants to just make this Voldemort mm-hmm. a lot. There was a point in this movie where I forgot that he wasn't Voldemort. You're like, wait a minute, how does this I guy? When we were having a discuss, we had a discussion after the thing. We were talking about the character of Nagini, who's going to be introduced in just a second. Yeah, and I was like, well, she hates like Grindelwald in this, as far as I can tell. How does she end up going with Voldemort? And I was like, oh, I forgot that wasn't Voldemort. <laughs> I forgot that wasn't just Voldemort. <laughs> So, yeah, he's got a Bellatrix Lenormal who does all of his murdering for him. And uh, he has some other henchmen, and one of them, he doubts his loyalty so that he has something to do. Yeah, but there's all these henchmen, and they, we just get nothing for them. Even, like I said, the one that is, like, the main henchman that has multiple scenes, there's just nothing. She's just nameless. Just just someone that's there. Can I tell you something that, that makes me sad? I really want to talk about the Jacob and Queenie introduction scene, and I literally do not remember how it starts. So, uh, Newt goes home mm-hmm. and does his whole thing. Oh, I that's right. Is, I think that's after this, and he's got in his house, like, an even larger version of his briefcase is just going downstairs. Yes. And so, he's got a giant menagerie down there with the most pointless love interest that exists in this movie. Bunty. Bunty is his, like, other caretaker when he's not around for his animals. Yeah, she's like, like the protege for him. She's his assistant, basically. And very clearly, Bunty is into Newt. Yeah. Like, at one point, he's going to go try and uh, take care of feeding a Kelpie, and he's going to jump into the water, and she's like, oh, you could... You could take your shirt off, you know. And he's like, I'll be quite fine, because he has no concept of sexual tension or whatever, so he's just like, no, I don't need to do that. No, that's fine. I'll be fine. What he does instead is he jumps in the water and gets to ride on a magic seaweed horse in a shot that takes him out to, like, whales or something. Uh, not the the animal, the, the, the yeah, part of the world. it takes him out to some whales. Some whales. But he gets to do a dramatic, like, glittering water f- riding a horse in the sunlight shot, just so he can look sexy for a second. Well, it's... This is his element, is dealing with animals. Yes. So, dealing with people, he's very, like, shy, he's hunched, he's into, like, his own chest, he yeah. just has no presence for people, but the second it's just him and animals, you can see him become, like, a real person that actually cares about things, and that's supposed to be that's fair. I the guess big I, thing. I guess I can let up on Eddie Redmayne a little. I actually really like Eddie Redmayne. Honestly, I think Eddie... Redmayne did a better job with his character in this movie than the first movie, and that's the only thing that improved between the two. I don't, I don't think I'd blame him. I do, I do kind of blame the writers, and it's just because I have personal hang-ups on the subject. Anytime a movie is like, this guy's really good with animals, well, what does he do? He whispers into their face, and then they do whatever he wants. And I'm like, that's stupid. I hate that's, that's what you'd write for a little girl who gets a pony book. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but then again, he is magic, so he's probably just doing magic nonsense at them, and I guess I should just own up to that. Well, that and, well, what do you want him to do, huh? You want him to spend an hour of movie time for him going like, and now it's time for me to very slowly break this animal. I want it, I want the movie to suggest that that's how it works. I don't, I don't want to see the whole thing, but I do want it to be suggested. Instead, in this movie, he meets a giant dragon monster that's described as extraordinarily dangerous. In the very next scene that you see it, it's his perfect friendly mount that does whatever he wants. It's because he's the one that unbinds it from its shackles. He treats it like an actual being with agency instead of just a prisoner. Not good enough. If you ever want to see if that works, go untie a tied up wolf and see what happens. It's like, like, hey, thanks for untying me, bro. You want a stack of pancakes? It's going to fucking bite your face. I want, I want to know that he works hard instead of everything is easy for him. No. That's that's all I want. He's he's got a an affinity for animals. It's just like having the affinity for animals merit in an RPG. Yeah, no, I know, I know, and I should let up a little bit. 
Fair enough. It is shorthand. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Whatever. But anyway, at a certain point, he does run into Jacob, and it's I can't remember how it happens. So what happens is after he does the whole thing where he feeds the Kelpie and whatnot, he's he gets a knock at the door. He goes up, and Queenie and Jacob are there, and they are visiting, and Queenie has. Such wonderful news that the two of them are going to get married, even though, if you remember from the first one, uh, wizards and nomadges, or muggles in America... Backwards. No. Nomadges in America. Uh, it is. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Well, you said or muggles. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. muggles in America, which are nomadges. Oh, okay. All right. Nomadge sure. or muggles in America. Uh, okay, yeah. fine. Because you could also say that the opposite way, and it would still make sense. That's true. Muggles or nomadges in America... Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I'm sorry. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We're, we're, fine. You know what? Handshake. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. You know Sir? what? <laughs> Listeners, we did actually handshake. Yeah. Right there. It's okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're not about to just leap across this table and murder each other. This isn't like an Oxford comma level argument. <laughs> and even if it was, I'm in favor of the Oxford comma. And so am I. There we go. So, they show up and. Uh, no mages and wizards weren't allowed to marry, but she says that they're going to get married anyway. And the second we get anything from Jacob's perspective, it has this pink haze and he's acting weird and he is obviously enchanted. Yeah, he's got the lovey-dovey Instagram filter. And this is, out of a litany of things that are wrong with this movie, my least favorite thing uh, is... Newt sees this immediately because he's not an idiot, and and Jacob's like, "Ah, Mary, where is it? Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Everything's gonna be great. Oh, Queenie, I love you. Yeah, and, and he's, he's like, like, "You've enchanted him. Take take the enchantment off. What, what? Why are you being such a mean? Let him have his free will back." And she's like, "I don't want to let him have his free will back. I just want to get married. Yeah, I'll let him have. I'll take the enchantment off after we're married. Yeah. So Newt breaks the enchantment, and Queenie gets mad at this and runs outside of the house. Uh, mostly because, cause, you know, Jacob rightfully is like, what the hell? Ha- where am I? What is this? What's going and on he's here? He's as mad as Jacob gets, which means he's still smiling and kind of doofy about it. He's like, wait, what? What yeah. happened? Hey, oh. what? And then, so he chases her outside and he's like, Queenie, why, why would you do that to me? We've had, I, you know, I love you. We can't get married because they'll arrest you. Yeah. And she's like, but what about my choice? And I was like, you can't make that argument. You've been mind controlling this guy for God knows how long. Yeah. And he even <laughs> says like, well, what were you going to? Take the enchantment off me after our first three kids? Like, what the fuck was your plan here? This is this is extremely wrong. And she's like, no, you don't understand. I get to make choices. And I'm like, no, you can't. No, you, you can't don't mind control the, people and make that argument. No, you don't get the high ground when you've robbed someone of their free will. Yeah, and that is the, the way that she's going to go for the mo- the rest of this movie. Yeah. Is, is they're going to be like, Jacob needs to apologize to this lady for how he was brushed to her when he realized that she took his free will away. Yeah, he... Doesn't say, but of course thinks, because Queenie can read minds, the one thing that she hates, Mm -hmm. which is people thinking she is crazy. Mm -hmm. And so when he very rightfully is like, you were mind controlling me for months, that's, and he doesn't even say crazy, because he knows that would piss her off, Mm -hmm. but it crosses his mind, and that's enough for her to be like, I'm going to Paris and fuck you. Yeah. And he's like, oh no, I need to apologize. Oh, I've messed up by rightfully thinking that mind controlling me is fucking crazy yeah this is awful 
And it's it wasn't like, oh, you're crazy because you read minds or you're crazy because you act weird. It's you're cra- <laughs> you're crazy because you stole my free will and were about to marry me without my consent. Yeah. Queenie represents sort of a thing that's different about the uh, Fantastic Beast series from the Harry Potter series, which I mean, there were a few people who had special magic tricks that they could do in Harry Potter, like the Animaguses. Yeah. But she is just like, what are you? Oh, I can read minds and I'm a regular wizard. And I'm like, well, how come I've never met another one of these? How rare are you? Very it seems like they get mentioned or something at some point. Like they'd run a test on them when you were at Hogwarts. Like, oh, can you also read minds? Well, but, I, I figure that would come up naturally. Like you don't need to run a test for it. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, anyway, yeah, at this point, Jacob having nothing better to do, being stuck in London. Uh, we do get an explanation that the you forget everything you ever knew about magic spell just didn't work. Yeah. He's like, oh, because it gets rid of bad memories. And I didn't have many bad memories. Yeah. And I'm like. No, it doesn't. It's got to They do obliviated it. fucking Hermione out of her parents' memories entirely, and I'm going to go ahead and take a wild guess that not every memory of her was bad. <laughs> it's true. But maybe it got better in the, pre- in the, in the 60 years ensuing. Uh, it's <laughs> Maybe Jacob becomes the case study for the improvement of the Obliviate spell. Or maybe it's just the Obliviate spell, because it was dispersed over an entire reign over a city, was weakened to the point that because he was so uh, inundated into the magic world that he had a little bit of protection. Or maybe Queenie protected him a little bit before he went out there. Could be. Any one of those things. In any event, Jacob, being at loose ends, is like, well, I'll go with you, Newt, because I'm Jacob and that's my character arc. Yeah. I'll just hang around in the background and be like, ha, magic! That, again, fucking... uh, Now that Queenie is gone, she's going to go see Tina, her Mm -hmm. sister. Who who she thinks is in London. France, sorry, yeah. And so, of course, this is the excuse that Newt needs mm-hmm. to go to France because Jacob tells him that, oh, Tina got real upset because there was an article in a magazine that said that you were going to marry Lita Lestrange. And he was like, oh, no, that was my brother. I need to explain things. Oh, goodness. This oh, is golly the ha- gee. This is maybe the hand-waviest argument in the whole hand-wavy movie is is why why are these two at odds at this point? These two lovers, Tina and, and Lou, what happened? Oh, she saw a misprint in a newspaper article four months ago. And did not talk to him? And they haven't talked to each other in that time? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? If I had a brief love affair with someone in another country and then did not communicate with them for about half a year, I would assume things were over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <sighs> also, it's set up that she is dating an Auror uh, in the in the movie. They give him a name and everything, uh, but we never see him. He does not show up or matter. Or, he, or exist, as far as I can tell. At a certain point, when the two of them get back together, his, his name is just erased from the film. Yeah. Just, this dude gets obliviated from the film. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of hope he shows up in the next film like, hey. Hey, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. You guys are, are you cheating on me? What is, this is fucked up bullshit. I don't like this at all. Uh, okay, so, so yeah, that gives him the tools he, or, or the impetus he needs to finally go to France. He doesn't really care about finding Credence, but he does want to find Tina. Now, Tina's in France. At a circus. Tina goes to a circus, and in the circus, we find Credence... And Nagini. I mean, before we even do that, can we talk about how pointless it is to have a circus when, you, when everybody's a wizard who can do whatever they want? Because you have to do something really especially cool for it to matter at a circus. For They're putting kids in bubbles. Well, it's I a, mean, that's that's a fun thing. Yeah. Anyone can blow bubbles, but if I go to the circus and they're like, here's a big thing for blowing bubbles, then that's fun. you telling me that like no Weasley can just cast the be in a bubble spell. 
Well, I, I, I guarantee you one Weasley can do that. At least one Weasley can, and he works at a circus. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, okay, so Nagini is introduced, and people have heard about this, that it's got a lot of strong racial or- overtones, that Nagini is no longer a snake. Uh, she's no longer a serpent. She's an Asian lady. And she's been cursed to turn into a snake. Why, she's from the deepest, darkest Indonesian jungles, they tell us. That's what they tell us. <laughs> they says. They so, says to us. So here's a, here's a hot Asian woman who's given no lines and is destined to become a dragon's lady someday. Hey, boy. Wow. Thanks. Uh, also, the, man, the, the that performance. Just, it fucking... It's one of those things, it's the same thing like the fucking Star Wars prequels, where now that you've done this, it has shaded the movies that came before with this horrible palette. Oh, for reals, this means that Neville Longbottom took off a sad Asian lady's head with a sword. Yes. I was like, (laughs) oh, man. Because in this movie, she basically just follows Credence around and is like, I just want what's best for you, and I'm kind of maybe in love with you, maybe just your friend. Who even knows? I don't get lines or agency. I'm here so you don't read as gay. Yeah, I am basically just here so that the character of Credence looks like he's straight. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she is, uh, they have a term for it. She's doom bound or something. She's a ma- malice, malagus. Oh, oh, that's right. So it's like, yeah, maleficus or something. Uh, uh, but basically she is cursed so that one day she'll wake up a snake and not be able to turn back into yeah, a human. She can turn back and forth between snake and human now, but at some point she won't be able to. So here's the thing. This is the circus performance that she puts on. There's this dude with a big goofy beard. Who's the ringmaster he of the gives circus? The whole story, and he's like, ah, and here she is, a beautiful woman. And then the, he like bangs the cage, and she turns into a snake and turns back. And everyone's like, oh, she's doomed and cursed. And I'm like, wait a minute, can't lots of wizards turn into I animals? Was like, There's a name for that. You have animaguses. Like, was fucking McGonagall have an option of being in the circus? Like, ooh, she can turn into a cat. I mean, there was a point in the Harry Potter books where they made animagus sound like it was going to be a rare thing. But then every single person from that one grade, that grade one up above Harry Potter's, could do it. No, nah, man, just uh, just Pettigrew, Pettigrew, uh, do a rat. And that Mc- was it. Pettigrew, McGonagall, and the Potter parents can all do it because the Potter parents could turn into stags, or one of no, them could. They couldn't turn into stags. That's that their, was Patronus. their Patronus. I thought they were also animaguses, and also we're forgetting about Sirius. No, none of them. But Sirius, he can, he can turn into a wolf man or something. Or is he just a werewolf? No, Sirius Black is not the person you're thinking of. You're thinking of Remus Oh, Lupin. that's right, Remus Lupin. How could you forget the wolf man, Remus Lupin? Oh, because I was trying to give the books credit, and I forgot that I shouldn't. No. Yeah. But he's a werewolf, not an anime. Guy. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right, my apologies. My apologies to everyone. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, and what about Tonks? Couldn't she turn into a duck? <laughs> Isn't that a thing? Yeah. The, you remember when Tonks was like, I'm Tonks, Tonk, <laughs> and was a duck? Yeah. And it was like, you want to save money on your car insurance? Use Aflac. Yeah, wasn't that a thing Tonks can do? Wasn't that a thing? Lu- Lupadora Tonks or whatever her name was. Nymphadora. Lupa- yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. I don't. I read these books once in a hurry. Hey, same. <laughs> But I have a memory. I used to. I know. I had a memory when I was a kid. And then you took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> That's where my brain was. Yep. Uh, okay. So I don't even know where we are. The, the circus. Yeah. So uh, uh, Credence effects Credence breaks out yeah. by basically letting all the animals out. Mm-hmm. And the circus starts to burn down and a giant fucking cat dragon gets out and Nonsense happens, and the two of them escape. Mm-hmm. Does Credence and Nagini. Yeah, and meanwhile, uh, a dude 
of mystery has approached Tina, and the two of them ha- are also at the circus, and then they have a little meeting where they talk. They're like, ooh, I've got information about things. You're looking for credence, but I've got information about credence. Yeah. Uh, would you say we're even halfway through the movie yet? I don't know. Because we're it's... at 50 minutes. <sighs> okay. <laughs> it's going to be a long episode, whatever. You, I mean... Thing is, I could go through the plot of this movie real fast. Go ahead, actually. I'll just I'll interject as needed. Okay. So from this point on, Credence is in Paris trying to find his true parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, he heard his mother is there. He tries to find her. Uh, he finds the nursemaid of his parents, who then gets killed and... Eventually, we will find out what's going on with him because of other strands. Now, notably, her, his nursemaid is a is a little person actor because she was half-elf. Ooh, a half-elf. That was mentioned in the movie that it was hard to track him across the ocean that when he gets taken to America because his nursemaid wasn't super magic. She was only a half-elf. Well, there you go. Yeah, so a little person, elf. That's I, I, didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that, like... <sighs> problem is with this movie and all the things that happen in it i should have figured that someone would be fucking a house elf in this oh not a, i guess she's half house elf because those are the only elves that i know of I'm, are house, house elves there's gotta be well there's gotta be another kind of elf to necessitate the introduction of the word house no nah, man you can't it, i mean there's gotta be a, a different kind of elf maybe there's yeah like there's a, yard elves <laughs> maybe she's half yard elf yeah she's there's the field elves mm-hmm. and the house elves yeah that's the only difference i mean the only animal i can think of that's got a house in front of it is the centipede so maybe there's a, she could also be a giant banded elf. Yeah, giant banded elf. Yeah, she might be half giant banded elf. But then she would be big. <laughs> well, she's giant for an elf, John. <laughs> John, please. <laughs> a giant banded centipede is like nine inches across. This not, is why we're at 50 minutes. We're not talking about Megalo centipede. I'm sorry, I will let you get along with the plot. Yeah, thank you for only interjecting when necessary. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, the other plot line. Uh, we have... Newt and Jacob go to Paris, and Newt does a big dumb spell that uses a Niffler for no good reason, Mm -hmm. and they are tracking down where Tina went, and they find the same guy that Tina met. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, come with me. They find Tina. It was all a plot to get them to be trapped because he wants to kill Credence. And then he passes out because of a cursor or a parasite Uh, or something. A parasite in his eye. Yeah. Which... Okay. That is such an easily forgotten moment. It isn't for me, mm-hmm. because it's it's one of the many things in this movie where I was like, in Harry Potter, the wizarding world is separated not just from the human world by, like, a thin veil of magic, but just straight up distance. Mm-hmm. Like, they're way out in the country. And all of the animals you see are in, like, a magical forest or out in mountains somewhere or whatever. In this one... This guy gets a weird magic parasite that's like four tentacles Mm -hmm. in his eyeball. And I go, that was just in the sewer. It's not like he was in a magic sewer. That was just the sewer of France. (laughs) Like, how many people ended up getting fucking tentacle parasites in their eyeballs from being in the sewers of France? I mean, if you stop to pick apart how magic and society... Well, uh, the other thing is, there's a point where the... uh, eventually newt captures the cat dragon Mm -hmm. and it is after it fucking destroys an entire group of cars in france and like blows apart part of a building and 
No obliviate spell needed here. We didn't need to do the same thing we did in New York. We just put it in the bag and run. Yeah, it was the 1930s. They just blamed it on Chinaman. <laughs> ah, yes, that dragon was Chinaman. Yeah, they were in one of those costumes. I mean, that's what that monster is anyway. Yes. It's it's the parade dragon from Chinese New Year turned into a real mon- a real dragon. It's a, it's a, basically like a, look a foo- looks like a foo dog or a foo lion. Yeah. Yeah. But at least that I thought was super adorable because they're like, Oh, look, I know how to, like, get this thing under control, which is, I've got a little jangly toy, and it's basically a cat, and it wants that jangly toy. That is true. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not interjecting, though. No, that's fine. You mm-hmm. can interject if you've got something to say that isn't about so centipedes. Much. You have no idea how hard I'm trying not to say things right now. Uh, Grindelwald has his whole plot is basically to get Queenie, get Credence, and get fucking yeah he notably wants queenie uh because queenie has gotten herself lost in paris uh she's she in paris she tries to find tina but can't she goes to the ministry of magic and asks about tina and tina is never actually reported in yeah uh and uh then she goes to sit down and cry she thinks she hears jacob walking around but then she gets overwhelmed by telepathic messages from everybody in the city so she just sits down and cries and who should find her but uh the right hand woman bellatrix lenormal and so Fucking, they have a whole plot where it's like, oh, he's going to trick her into joining the cause because Grindelwald's like, oh, I just want us to be able to do whatever we want as wizards and love whoever we want. His entire argument, his entire turning on Queenie uh, to bring bring her into his cause is marry whoever you want. It's completely legal out there. You want to marry a turtle? That's fine, Queenie. And she's like, that's exactly what I want. To marry a turtle. I want to marry so many turtles. <laughs> the And of course, the big problem with this is I'm like, my dude, everyone knows that you are like anti-human and pro-wizard and your whole thing of being like, oh, Queenie, but you can marry a human if you want to. I'm like, I don't feel like that's accurate. He calls humans draft animals. Yeah. So I guess he's like saying, yeah, you can go ahead and marry a horse if that's what you're down with, Queenie. I don't give a shit. Keep him as a sex pet. The whatever. Pro- the problem with Queenie's conversion here is that she tries to sell jacob on this a few times in the movie and jacob's always like no i uh, no, I, I won't be you, i know very little about the wizard world and i know that grindelwald is a horrible fascist right but and she's like but if i go with him i can marry you and he's like but i will definitely not marry you in that situation if you do this we aren't getting married well i'm gonna do it anyway i don't what <laughs> <laughs> what about free will jacob uh stop it you can't you're not allowed that that card is denied you <laughs> that ship has sailed <laughs> i am sorry uh we finally at some point get a scene where all of the shit gets explained because this movie doesn't have a good natural progression of characters and information oh yeah so there's the tombstone a stone scene yeah there's a scene in a tomb where fucking Lidl Strange has to explain her side of the story and what's his nuts the other wizard has to explain his mm-hmm. and the other guy was like yeah my dad was a senegalese wizard who was super cool and had a beautiful wife and fuck dick mick lestrange wanted that woman and so he used the imperious curse to mind control her raped her had a daughter and then she died and he was like well fuck her then and then found someone else 
Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. And then sent her away to be educated in America, her and her little brother, who was a crying, whining bastard. Uh, and then she, while taking care of the crying, whining bastard on the ship to America, uh, got tired of him being crying constantly and switched him with a non-crying baby. Then when the ship, which, by the way, is obviously the Titanic, oddly enough, yes, uh, when the Titanic goes down, it kills her brother, but not this random other wizard who apparently is also from a famous and noble line of wizards. But we aren't sure who that is yet. Goodness, no, because only three names exist in the wizarding world. Mm -hmm. You're basically a Lestrange or a Potter or a Dumbledore. Yeah, a Lestrange, a Potter, or a Weasley. <laughs> or a Weasley. Weasley? Weasley? Woo! Oh. <laughs> uh, so... But, you know, the the, the uh, pieces are coming together towards the end of the movie here for it to become painfully obvious who Credence actually is. He's not a Lestrange. Yep. He's he's not part of any of the houses you we've met so far. Mm-hmm. So who is he? Well, he's definitely a name you've, you've definitely heard, so it won't be... Maybe he's a potter. Oh, maybe he's a black. <laughs> he could be a crab or a goyle. I assume those are their last names. <laughs> black could be anywhere. I believe, actually, crab and goyle are their last names. Are they? Yes. Great. Yeah. Maybe he's a Goyle. Yeah, their names are Bumble and Dumble. Yeah, Bumble they're, Dumble. They're, they're real first names. Bumble Crab and Dumble Goyle. <laughs> yeah, that's why they rarely go by them. Yeah, very rarely. <laughs> Man, Bumble Crab, though. That shit's so good. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, then, so Grindelwald has a meeting of his followers in a French mausoleum. Which he summons all of his followers by draping everything in Paris in black curtains for a couple, for like an hour. Which, what? What was he, is he summoning his followers or Christos? <laughs> so, they meet and I don't, <laughs> all of his stuff is just like, everyone says I'm a bad guy, but I'm not bad. I just want wizards to be, you know, free. And you know what? Here's my first point where I'm, th at that point alone, I kind of agree with Grindelwald. In this universe, wizards are simply better than normal people. They ah. have, they have no weaknesses. They have a million free strengths. And of course, Grindelwald then takes a fat rip off of his skull bong. Yes, that's and right. He shows everyone World War II. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. He He's used that bong so before. hard that the fat cotton he rips turns into World War II. He used that, he used that bong before to figure out where Credence was. Yes. Uh, cause Credence, he, if you, in case you've forgotten from the first movie, is an obscurial? Yeah, which means now he's a, Okay, he's he's so sad about being an orphan that he has black hole-based superpowers. The fucked up thing for me is, the obscurial thing is supposed to be, if you deny your magic and you don't use magic and you just sort of try and suppress what you are, then this obscurial grows. Uh, except now he's sort of... Also a wizard. Also a wizard? So he's like, oh, I'm a wizard, and I've accepted magic, and I use magic, but also I've just got this obscurial in me. Wee! Yeah, so now he's Like, both. if you wanted to take the Newt's commander thing and be like, this guy's a fucking powerful whatever, and he can do anything he wants, it's it's Credence. It's also Credence. It is only Credence. <laughs> Credence is, is the, like, oh, I can do whatever I want, and I've got 15 different powers. Yeah, I'm thinking it's both of them. And then also, also maybe Dumbledore and Grindelwald as well. Well... Dumbledore and Grindelwald are supposed to be the mages. Like, yeah. that's the thing with them, is they're supposed to be the most powerful wizards. By the way, there's a whole new uh, uh, 
MacGuffin set up in this movie, which is a locket containing orbiting drops of the blood of Grindelwald and, and Dumbledore. Yeah, their blood. Uh, it's, it's made manifest. Yeah, it's it is their blood deal made into a little thing. Yes, uh, the, I just I wanted to mention it because it comes up during the ending in a way that I found straight up offensive. But yeah, speaking of offensive, Nicholas uh, Flamel is there. <laughs> How offensive is that? Speaking speaking of offensive, Grindelwald vapes so hard on his skull of some important wizard that he blows the Holocaust in front of all these wizards. And he's like, "That'll happen to us if we don't take over the he's human like, race." Look, humans are going to do this if we don't take over. And he blows out, and they see World War Two. And he's like, "Look, if we come out and rule the humans, we can prevent this from happening." I want to know how badly wizards got fucked up during World War One in that situation. Then, because the was it, only was it a lot? person, the only person who reacts with a line to that is Jacob, who's like, oh, God, not another war. Yeah. And I'm like, good, you're a human who fucking knows that World War One was super fucked up. Yeah. And him being like, oh, fuck, no, not again, is understandable. The wizards, I have to go like, yeah, but what happened to you? Oh, oh, yes, I remember that. Between 1914 and 1918, I was fucking centaurs in the Dwimbleberry Forest. <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, Grindelwald at that point says, but what if they turn these horrible weapons on us and shows a nuke going off? And, and no one's reaction is, I don't know, they didn't do it the first time because clearly there's a lot of us and we're still very concerned with trying to catch and eat chocolate frogs. <laughs> the, Nothing, nothing's made us serious yet. Well, I think a nuke at that point, they're like, "Ooh, that could fuck us up even through our magic barrier. Yeah, it'll definitely take out a bunch of Japanese wizards because he knows it's going to happen. He probably knows where it is. Well, he's not going to tell him that. He could be like, that's going <laughs> to blow up in the middle of fucking London. I guess that's true. Because he doesn't care. He's just using World War II as an excuse to get people on his side. That is true. I mean, to me, it wasn't the nuke that was offensive. It was the shot of the of the uh, the Jews being led oh, to yeah. train cars. Yeah, that was, that was a little much. Yeah. I'm like, I get that he's supposed to be like... Oh, this is the rise of wizard fascism, mm -hmm. but please do not use actual Holocaust imagery, thanks. Yeah, no, just don't. Don't compare wizard, wizard fa uh, problems that might affect wizards to problems that did affect humans. Uh, so, the Aurors show up, led by Theseus. And it is so untouchables. It, they just, like, disperse into the crowd, and of course, uh, Grindelwald goads without goading his followers to attack them because he's like now now everyone don't attack them i understand if you had a large deep-seated hatred for what they've done to us and felt the need to attack them but oh please don't wink wink yeah and, and then of course, and then someone attacks them well one person pulls out a wand mm -hmm. doesn't do anything and the Auror's first response, instead of, say, Expelliarmus, is, I will wordlessly Avada Kedavra you. Yep. Although we're not sure, because I think that was a plant. I, I think that was a... The, a, a the Auror? No, the uh, the woman who, who pulls her wand all of a sudden. I think it was a Grindelwald plant. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely willing to say that. But the fact that his, the Auror's first reaction is, I am going to use the killing curse on you. Because there was no green light when he did that. He just yeah, hit her with something. Oh, was there? Okay. Yeah. I thought she survived it and just got knocked over. No, she straight got a Vada Kedavra. All right. Well, then, yeah. Some Auror just immediately kills a random uh, woman in the, in the crowd, and then shit breaks loose. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, go from this place and tell everyone, we aren't the aggressors, they're the aggressors. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I get yeah, it. I get it. At movie two, yeah, movie two of five, 
I, right. I understand. You have a lot to do here. And yeah. then he makes... Uh, a wall of super fire. He makes fire that makes no sense. So he makes... His followers can come through it. Yes. People but, he wants to can come through it. It's supposed to be... He, he's like, if you're sufficiently loyal and worthy, you can come through the fire. But that's just bullshit. It's just, if I want you to, you can. Yeah, because the... The one Follower, that yeah. uh, he was like, ooh, you barely tried to question what I was doing in my methodology that is fucking stupid, and ooh, you buddy, your day might come, mm-hmm. and so he burns in the fire, and the fire kills a motherfuck ton of ores. It kills most of the ores. It just waves around the room, and when it catches them, they instantly disintegrate. Yeah. Like in a bloodless, PG-rated kind of way. They just go poof, and they're gone. Yeah. Now, this ends up killing Alita. Mm-hmm. Uh, Queenie goes through the fire and joins Grindelwald. Yeah, well, Jacob's just standing in the outside. Jacob's like, like, do not do... Joining him is crazy. He's like, oh, you said the crazy word. I guess I gotta join the fascists. Yep, I got no choice. And he's like, I won't marry you if you do this. And she's like, this is the only way we'll get married. And Queenie's character arc in this is stupid. Queenie is terrible in this. We've entirely glossed over Tina in this, who has zero business. Mm -hmm. She basically is unraveling the, the Titanic part of the plot. She's just there to be like, ooh, I want to do a thing. Oh, and Follow be, me, Newt. And to be unnecessarily angry at Newt in the beginning, where she's just like, I won't even speak to you, Mr. Mr. Scamander, because I've heard you're getting married, and also so am I. And, hmm. It's very bad and dumb. And then he has an idiot plot where he chases after her and is like, please listen, I'd like to tell you that I'm not getting married. And she's like, I won't even speak to you long enough for that. Yeah, it's real fucking bad. You and I have to fight some sort of mummy cats in a, in a floating library now. Yes. Which I'll say, there's a lot of interesting visual stuff that goes on, but man, the plot of this is all over the place. I mean, we did mention Nicholas Flamel being a character. Yes. He's he's an alchemist, he's immortal, he's still in the movie. Yep, and he'll show up at this point in the movie to help the remaining ores contain the blue fire, which has now turned into three dragons, mm-hmm. from destroying all of Paris. Because you see, as Grindelwald says in his last line in the film, Oh, I'm sorry, in the last line of the climax of the film, I hate Paris. Yeah. And then he leaves. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then they, and then they the, the oars get together and shove their wands into the ground, and that's enough to make red fire that stops the blue fire. And, yeah. And there's a sense that they may not, maybe he didn't get all the dragons, but then, then uh, Newt shoves his wand into the ground even harder than everyone else shoved their wands into the ground, and when you know it, it's strong enough to stop the, the blue dragon with some red dragon. The... the Fucking the fire stops the fire and everything's and, fine. And the Niffler managed to get involved when during the whole uh, exchange and stole the blood packed amulet uh, and gives it to Newt at this point. So we got two final scenes. One is Newt meets up again with Dumbledore and is like, "Hey, Dumbledore, you sent me to Paris and that was real dumb and I hate you. And uh, here I got you this fucking amulet thing." Can you get rid of it? And he's like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> this is this is a part that I found offensive. This thing is supposed to be a symbolic representation of the love of the between these two men, and and uh, you know, it like literally represents the fact that they're in love with each other. That it's supposed to be this physical object is a manifestation of the fact that I won't fight Grindelwald, not because I'm not allowed to, but because I am in love with him. Yeah. And th- so Newt hands and it his, to him, and his reaction is literally, ah, maybe. Yeah, we'll probably, see. We'll see if maybe I'll try hitting it with a stick. I don't know. I'll uh, I'll punch it a little. We'll see, see what happens. See what happens. I'm like, what? No, man. That that thing is representative. It's not. What the? I, I hate. This. I mean, it isn't. It is a literal bond that they did. They did a blood pact, which is a spell. They yeah. literally can't fight each other. Yeah. 
Which is a weird spell to do. Yeah. Well, especially given that the unbreakable vow is a like ritual you can go through as well. Mm-hmm. And the unbreakable vow doesn't leave you with two droplets in a little thing. So I'm like, did they just at that point in time in their careers, like as kids, not know the unbreakable vow? They mm-hmm. but they knew blood pact. I I also appreciate that it only makes one little amulet with floating blood thing. So I guess one of them gets to carry their love around. Yeah, and it was Grindelwald up until this point. Yeah, very unusual. Uh, and then we get the Grindelwald ending, mm-hmm. where uh, Queenie has jumped right up the ranks of Grindelwald's organization to become his right hand woman. Uh, has replaced no name apparently because well you know Grindelwald because Queenie can read minds so she's quite useful for this. Although, again. Queenie can read minds. You'd think she would be walking by Grindelwald at some point when he's like, yeah, I can't wait to murder all these humans and be the god of wizards. And her reaction to that just being like, oh, yes, of course. Yeah, well, she didn't call me crazy, so. Yeah, well. Uh. <laughs> Either that or he knows full well what her, what she is, and so he has some kind of shielding spell up. Yeah. But anyway, we re- it's revealed that the little bird that Credence has been tending for two movies now is... Wouldn't you know it, a phoenix, and you because know what that- Because a phoenix will show up in a Dumbledore's time of need, and here it is, you're a Dumbledore, Harry. <laughs> Credence is Aurelius Dumbledore, uh, Dumbledore's brother. Uh, what's, he... his, what's his right, what's Dumbledore's first name? Albus? Albus. So it's Albus and Aurelius. Uh, apparently, we don't have the reason yet for why Aurelius was on the Titanic, uh, but apparently he was. Yeah. Uh, Albus Dumbledore, during the course of this movie, mentions that he lost a sister at one point. Yep. Uh, it is never mentioned. He doesn't seem to notice or even know that he at some point also lost a brother. Yeah, which seems weird because his mom had that baby. Like, it wasn't a thing that she wouldn't know about. Whatever. Fuck it. I don't you know care. what we didn't even mention is that Lita Lestrange died. <laughs> no, I did. I said uh, she died. Okay. Oh, okay, good. I said she died in the blue flame. Yeah, because she... This is the stupidest thing. So, there's like 50 Aurors in here who are getting murdered left and right by uh, by uh, Grindelwald's blue fire, right? Not once does any one of them take a shot at him. No. Not even once does anyone point a wand in his direction. Well, they're all using their wands to try and uh, get the blue flame to not hit them. It's what clearly not. They should just kill him. If they kill him, the spell stops. So, they should just kill him and they don't even try no and then lita's the first one to try and he just blocks it casually and melts her yes and i think that's why no one tried is they're like well obviously he's gonna just bat is, it away wizards are stupid is the thing well w- it's wiz- wizards are very dumb they're just stu- just shoot the ceiling you dumb idiots make it fall on him yeah make it rain make it rain rocks on his dumb head and they don't try anything and especially when you're talking about like we've got I don't know, a hundred ores in here. He can deflect a few, but if like Avada cadavers come in from a hundred different directions, that motherfucker's dead. Yeah. And they just, they just don't try. And like apparate. I was saying, it's apparate. Is oh, the, that is, that's the teleport. The, the teleport. That's Anyways. the, that's the easy scene change spell. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the, 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 the simple fact of this movie is that unless you're doing something for a special effect, a gawk shot, uh, or you're a main character, you're not actually a wizard. You can't cast spells. Oh, sure you can. You can't. You don't. In situations where it would make sense that you would, you don't. Yeah, it's weird to me that 
I guess it's because again, it's you have to have a wand, and maybe you need to have a license for a wand because the only people that seem to have them are main characters and aurors. And aurors don't cast spells unless they're aurors with names. So, I mean, it's just it's just weird. Like that circus dude when his circus gets busted up and all the little bugs and stuff are esca- and, and stuff are escaping. He comes running out. And he's like, ah, oh, stop it. Ah, oh, oh no. He's never like, uh, okay, Axio, my birds. <laughs> he doesn't even try that shit. No, he doesn't have a wand. But he does have a house elf that he uses the magic of. I don't, doesn't every wizard have a wand? I mean, they all go to, what is it, Ollivander's and they get their specific... If they, if they went to Hogwarts, I'm sorry, is every single wizard in all of London uh, the upper class that gets to go to a private wizard school now? Okay, are there public wizard schools? I'm sorry, your privilege is showing right now, Jeff. <laughs> let, me, let, me ask you, let me ask you two questions on that subject, because yeah, sure. I'm fully willing to engage with you on this one. Yeah, are, engage with me. Number one, are there public wizard schools? Uh, no. Okay, then how come London isn't full of obscurials? <laughs> because you get told about it homeschooled. <laughs> now, But what about kids who are muggle-born? What about them? Like uh, Hermione, if she hadn't been invited to Hogwarts because she wasn't good enough, then she would be an Obscurial. <laughs> well, that's how they get rid of Obscurials, is they murder them. We already found out in the first movie <laughs> that they, like, we had a scene of someone going to murder, like, a little kid in Africa who was oh, okay. turning into an Obscurial. Sure. Uh, I'm just saying that that's a lot of work they have to do to cover the fact that, that any kid who's born with any kind of magic talent but isn't admitted to Hogwarts is murdered or turns into an explo- a, a floating black hole. Yeah. That's a lot of work when they can Well, just... usually the Obscurial kills the person who it's in. Uh, Credence is special because he's a Dumbledore and so powerful oh. that he was able to survive e- having an Obscurial. Even then, that'd be a lot of random black hole mega explosions happening all over just London. Just London. Well, that's assuming there are a shitload of Muggleborns. I, I believe there probably are. Not that's, from that's two Muggle true, parents. True belief. I don't believe there are. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Or what about just magic parents where there's a divorce? Well, one of them's going to get the kid. Yeah, the non-magic one gets the kid. Yeah, well, the magic one's going to be like, uh, hey, Ministry, I have a kid that might be magic. Please keep an eye on that. We don't want my kid to blow up into a black hole. That's a big assumption that that wizard parent isn't a dirtbag. <laughs> I mean, even if he is a dirtbag, the Ministry's going to care. They don't want black holes blowing up all over the place. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know that all of this adds up. What I'm saying is, wizards are dumb. <laughs> wizards? Doesn't hold up. <laughs> Wait a minute. This magic thing doesn't make sense at all. And the other thing that bothers me about this movie, well, as long as we're just sort of done now, because uh, that's the big end of the movie. It's a huge reveal that uh, that Albus Dumbledore has a secret brother and he's Ezra Miller. Yeah. Uh, movie's over. No, no post-credit scene. One of the things that bothers me about this movie in particular is that there is a lot of full-grown adult-trained wizards Harry Pottering out all over the place. And by Harry Pottering, I mean staring in mute amazement at ordinary magic things. Like, they've spent their whole life in the magic community, they're full-grown adults with jobs in the wizarding world, and someone will be like, I create a beer! And they're like, what? That's what Jacob was for. I don't know any of those. There's a few points in this movie where that that kind of shit happens, where characters stare in dumb amazement at a thing that's happening when they could just stop it. I'd, I'd give you, for example, the point where Theseus realizes that his brother has snuck into the Ministry of Magic, polyjuiced into Theseus. And he chases after him, and then the two of them turn around to look at him, and they start shooting spells at him, and he just kind of goes, what? Are you shooting spells at me? And I'm like, dude, you're a trained aura and a police officer. Do shit in response. And he's like, no, I'll wait to be knocked over. And it's See, like, I think they caught him off guard. I don't think he was just standing there. He'd been there chasing them for several minutes. 
No, I'm. He came around the corner, and they were casting spells. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of scenes in this movie where characters stay, stare bo- uh, gopped at things. That that I'm like, stop doing this. It, it it was fine in Harry Potter because they were children, but here I want you people to react to magic as if you've seen it before. Well, uh, like you say, that's what Jacob was. That for. is what Jacob is for. Jacob gets so little business in here, and that is the crime because he was the outstanding star of the first. I one. mean, to be fair, he is the outstanding star of this film as well because at this point, it's not that he just loves magic; it's because he's a good person. Yes, all the way through the movie, he's just like, "Hey, buddy, don't worry about it." Hey, he's just like your support. A, I am a good friend. Yeah, I am a good person yeah the whole movie he's just like your supportive buddy that everyone wishes they had yes he's just like you know oh, did you just fail don't worry buddy buck up we'll get him on the next play yeah he is the best yeah like jacob is the person that you want to have as a friend the most yeah he is awesome even though he's not quite as prominent in this film he is still the best character so there you go all right so jesus that took a while and we didn't even get into a lot of the shit that I uh, yeah we didn't talk about to. the the evil mummy cats that duplicate when you hit them with any spell. Well, sure you you mentioned the evil mummy cats. Yeah, uh, please, John, tell me some things you wanted to get into that we didn't because I would love to hear them. Well, you know what? Why don't you tell me something we could get into that was your favorite thing in this movie? I just did. It was the character of Jacob in the film. I mean, there's a lot of this movie. The, some of the special effects are kind of fun to watch or whatever, but uh, Jacob stands out as a person who you want, who I would love to see more of in movies in general. Yes. A, a charming, positive person who is supportive of his friends, uh, understanding to almost a fault, and just sort of good. Yeah, but also not super-powered. Like, yes. he's there to help and does help but he's not like i'm a wizard or i've got some weird special power he's just like i'm a guy that wants to do the right thing and it works so well because the problem with harry was at a certain point you expect harry to get his shit together and stop being amazed by everything you're like dude you've been in school for four years surrounded by wizards every year how are you amazed at these minor details And he's like well i'm a self-centered idiot bully and you're like oh i forgot that's right you are (laughs) in any other movie you would be the villain uh but jacob doesn't ever have magic so he's consistently surprised and it's lovely yeah what's your favorite thing uh i mean outside of jacob i would say uh i mentioned this before i think eddie redmayne stepped the performance up Mm -hmm. i think the way in which he interacts with people and animals is such a stark contrast i wish there had been more the animals than just the fucking two of them that matter in this Mm mm-hmm and well that's if you count plant people as animals i don't because mm-hmm. they they show up for like 20 seconds in this film and they don't really do anything the but, niffler at least is in multiple scenes the cat dragon is in multiple scenes the fucking plant guy is in like two and both of them he's there for five seconds mm-hmm. so uh but yeah i think they did a much better job of showing his character uh there was the flashback to when him and lita were kids oh yeah and the actor they got for young uh newt was very good and you could see that kind of like where he would grow up to Mm -hmm. uh and hey you know he's a hufflepuff yeah so that is also nice to learn i did not i thought he was a uh i I thought he was another what do you call him the gryffindor Gryffindor? no yeah no he is a hufflepuff through and through do we ever learn what grindelwald's house was i'm sure he's a slytherin yeah he's a bad guy so he's automatically a slytherin yeah well i mean Lita lestrange was a slytherin which is nice because she's not a bad guy no she just thinks of herself as a bad guy. Yeah, because she killed her brother. Yeah, um, accidentally. There's that great scene where, where Dumbledore is making everyone look into a mirror of the your boggart. worst. The boggart. Uh, the boggart of your worst fears, and her fear is completely indecipherable. because It's, it's still- just a like thing of cloth floating down in moonlight, and you're like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it turns out it's her drowning brother. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, th- my favorite thing is they did a good job on the character of Newt, even though we get barely any of him doing anything in this film because it's all just side nonsense and Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. So least favorite thing in the movie, Jeff. Uh, Queenie's entire arc. That's a good pick. Queenie's arc is is I'm a mind controlling person who is mad that you're trying to take my choices away. Like, I, I don't know if they're trying to set her up to basically be a villain, because that's she is basically a Batman villain by the end of this film. Yeah. Like, she's she's got a tragic backstory that's created that's led her to a life of crime. And even her outfit is, like, went from Queenie normally wears, like, pinks and bright colors, and she's wearing, like, green and black at the end. And you're like, God damn it. Don't just turn into a fucking henchman. Yeah, I'm sure she's going to have a redemption over the next three movies because well, she's, she's Jacob's true love or whatever. But her arc in this movie is confusing, stilted, and bad. Yeah, which uh, is most of this movie. Yeah, but hers in particular stood out because of the mind control stuff. All right. So uh, so there you go. That's my least favorite thing, John. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Nagini. Yeah, that's also really, really bad. Because it's, I mean, it's basically emblematic of what's wrong with this film is let's throw a thing in there. To have a reference to something in Harry Potter, not use it, and just make it so that the fact that it's a reference is supposed to matter, but it doesn't do anything. And, and yeah, and by we, like we mentioned, the end of her arc in this movie is that... Uh, she uh, watches Credence, the person she's ostensibly in love with, go with fucking wizard Hitler while she please, stares she's on. really more of a wizard Mussolini. It's true. <laughs> uh and, but, yeah. but she just sits there and watches him go. And like I, we had mentioned when we were talking earlier, I, I kept going, wait a minute, Nagini just saw Credence go off with someone that is, you know, a horrible wizard fascist. Yeah. And we're supposed to believe that at some point she's just going to become the pet of, like, the 99 cent store version of Grindelwald? Well, I don't think there's any guarantee that any of her human mind is left when she turns into Nagini from the Harry Potter books. Oh, there is. I mean, sure, she speaks snake, but every snake speaks snake. So maybe she just loses her mind as well. And it's she's just a random snake, which makes it even less impressive that they bothered to put her in this. It's such a weird decision because... Well, yeah, because either it's, oh, she turned into a snake and Voldemort happened to find her somewhere and doesn't realize anything, and then it's just dumb. At which which point, why does she still name Nagini? Yeah, or she does retain her mind, and then it's just fucking weird and sad and dumb. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, Nagini for me is the worst part of this. I mean, the other thing you can throw in about Nagini is she's Asian, which is you know they were trying to get some representation into the movie which is laudable but to have an asian who is literally a snake uh and doesn't have any lines and is cursed to be a an inscrutable serpent is a little much a little much yes so yeah that's nagini not not a good ad yeah the jungles of darkest indonesia my christ why are you compatible it was bad enough that they were afraid of saying the word gay (laughs) you gotta throw this thing in here too uh, yeah, it's just bad. Yeah. This movie's bad. So I mean, both of us picked our worst things, and neither of us even mentioned Depp. It's true. Like, and he's fucking bad, and I do not like him, and it still manages to not even be the thing I'm going to pick. His his voice affectation for this movie, because he needs one for every one of his movies, is you can't really understand what he's saying 90% of the time. Yeah, uh, fucking fuck him. Fuck, fuck this movie. He kind of talks like that vulture lawyer from Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. <laughs> he's like, where in the prison called for free will? He's like, oh, I hate this guy. Ugh. All right. 
So we're going to give our rating of this movie. Each of us, zero to five, gives us a rating out of ten. Jeff. Uh, two? It's probably better than you were probably expecting from it. There's good special effects, and I do really like Eddie Redmayne and Jacob. Yeah, I... I think I might give it a 1.5. I'm for... not going to stop you. That was where my original thing lay. Uh, but I assume that these movies are going to get worse, and I want to have some room to some shrink on. Some wiggle room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 3.5 out of 10 for Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. It is just, it's bad to watch. It's It's not good plot wise if you're a fan of the harry potter universe it mostly is just some bullshit it just ah fuck it yeah i'm really looking forward to that third one i hear it's got pebble longbottom in it (laughs) good i hope we get bam bam black (laughs) booma love good they're here they're all here (laughs) all your favorites (laughs) not a wolf is lupon (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> Romulus Lupin. <laughs> Romulus Lupin. Not a wolf. Not a wolf. <laughs> uh, I, I swear there is going to be a character named Romulus. And I'm, I'm be, sure. Yeah. I I have I have to imagine there already was, and I just can't remember it, but whatever. All right. Look here, folks. You don't need to go see this movie, and you didn't anyway, so good job on you. Now, if you want to, say, present your thanks for us for having to sit through this movie and report back to you, you can always do it monetarily through Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. You could go there, support us at any level. Anything helps. Keeps the show running. Keeps us running. Well, not running. Most, mostly just sort of shuffling. Ambling. Yeah, just meandering around so, I fatly. Don't, I don't even want to say shuffling because of LMFAO. They've well, owned, they every own, day. They own that word now. and It's, <laughs> it's TM. It involves a very specific form of dance, which neither of us can do. Well, you can say shuffling, but you can't say shuffling. Oh, okay, that's fair. Because yeah. every day they're shuffling. I thought shuffling was like a He-Man villain. <laughs> yeah, shuffling. <laughs> shuffling, go destroy He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how good I'll destroy him with this Ciroc bottle. <laughs> God damn, that would be so good. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, support us on Patreon. And, of course, supporting us at basically any of the tiers can unlock some bonus content for some of our other shows. At the $5 level, you unlock our monthly afterthought where we banter about anything and everything. And supporting at that level lets you into our private select only afterthought channel on our discord yeah and supporting also lets you into the patrons only channel on our discord so you can also exclusive clubs you can also join our discord in general you get white text and no one respects you yeah if you show up in our <laughs> discord with white text then god help you <laughs> it's fine everyone's really nice yeah. feel free to stop by oddly enough our discord is very friendly mm-hmm. so there you have it uh thank you so much for listening We will be back in two weeks with some more. Uh, If you want to select the next movie we see in theaters, go to SystemMasteryPodcast.com, go to the Movie tab, and in theaters now, and you can vote for the next movie we'll do. But until then, you have a good one.